0: listening to Closer Look. Hi, I'm Billy Branham. My first guest on Closer Look is Vanessa Joy Walker, wife, author, life coach, woman of faith, here to tell us her story. I'm so excited to be a part of this interview. Well, can you share your personal experience with adoption? Wow,
1: you started with you started with the big <laughs> question. That's right. The easiest way to say what is my personal experience with adoption is is that I'm adopted. Because of that, adoption fits into every area of my life because it is who I am. It was chosen for me and it is now a part of really
0: my mission and my purpose. And a lot of what you read and hear about adoption kind of focuses on the process of the adoption. Let's talk about the other side. Can you share some real talk about what adoptees go through during and after adoption? Yeah,
1: Thank you so much for that question. What ends up happening is the people that are adopting... Their voices are louder and get more coverage than the adoptees' voices. Often, when I hear someone say, Oh man, I, I'm just, I'm so excited about adopting. I really feel like I want to adopt someday. And, you know, I really feel like I might be called to adoption. There's a little part of me inside that always cringes because it feels like, something that people want to check off their list. And I don't want to take anything away from anyone's calling. Listen, I am not God. If God has called you to something, I am not going to say anything against that. But I do think that because of the media, both in the secular world and in the Christian world, we have gotten to a place where we're looking at adoption through the eyes of the parents. The potential parents and not to the eyes of the children. I start with that because the reasons why people adopt are complicated. Some people adopt because a family situation. My mom adopted because she couldn't have kids, right? Different people adopt for different reasons. And so when I talk to people, I say, listen, you know, my mom would have rather had biological children. And people are always like, why would you say that? Like, doesn't, you know, like she loves you. I was like, yeah, of course my mom adores me and loves me. And is so thankful that it worked out the way it did. And she wanted to have biological children and she couldn't. And so adoption is burst out of grief and sadness and sorrow for many, many people. I always say that when an adoptee leaves the hospital and a birth mom leaves the hospital and a adoptive mom leaves the hospital, they are all swaddled in grief. That's the one thing that they have in common. And that's because grief is woven into the adoptee's journey. And we don't talk about it enough when kids are young. And so growing up as an adoptee, especially in the church, I wasn't given the opportunity to express the complex, somewhat contradictory feelings that I had about my own birth story. The other thing is that often people feel like they have access or better yet, they are owed access to an adoptee's story because often people know much more about it than if you're having a, a child in the traditional way. So it's almost like they're okay with just asking, so tell me about your adoption. How does it feel to be adopted? Have you ever met your adoptive parents? What does that feel like? Do you ever want to meet your adoptive parents? Very, very personal questions. And I always think to myself, do you go up to a woman and say, hey, so I thought you just have a kid. Did you have a psiotomy? You know, are you incontinent? I mean, we don't ask these kinds of really personal questions to everyone yet these very personal questions are asked of adoptees from a very young age and often we are not given the authority and agency to say you know what i'm not interested in answering that question our stories aren't necessarily protected
0: that's a really great point
1: I can think back on times when my dad, I referred to my family as first mom is my biological mom. Second mom is my adoptive mom. I never referred to anyone as real or not real because they're all real and they all have played a very important part in my life. So my second dad, I remember as a kid, you know, we used to sing a lot. So my dad was a pastor, and uh, and we would sing all the time together. And he would play the guitar. And I remember people would come up to us after we would sing at an an event or a church gathering, and and people would always say, "Oh, you and your dad, you know, you sound so good together. You can just tell you're related." And I remember every single time someone would say that, there was this little thing inside of me that felt like, oh, I've got to tell them that we're not really related, like I'm lying to them. And then then there was this other side where there was this moment where I just wanted to believe for just that moment that we were cut from the same cloth, that we were really family. And back then, I I didn't have the words to articulate what I was feeling. So I bottled those things up and those feelings of uncertainty and rejection and a lack of belonging really adhered themselves to my soul, to my being, to who I was. And I carried those with me. The issues of identity and and abandonment are interwoven into who I am. They're a part of what I call my emotional DNA.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too, Vanessa. As somebody who I was raised by a mother who did give birth to me and my father adopted me when I was just a few years old and my sister as well. And to not be able to answer the medical history questions, the family tree questions, I had a very similar experience with you. People would say all the time, oh, my sister looked like my mother and I look like my father. And there's that point where, well, how much do you share how important is it for my health to share that with other people or keep it a secret? And and I think families, mothers and fathers who have adopted maybe don't want to share too much And they don't understand what that does to someone who is adopted. And I think it's great to have that real talk of, listen, it does have lasting effects. Whether you feel it or not, the adoptee definitely does.
1: Often as adoptees, we are given the responsibility to carry gratitude uh, at a higher level for our parents that have raised us than other people because there is this sense that they saved us you know in the in the christian world we talk a lot about how the bible talks about saving the orphans and taking care of children and i think we overuse those scriptures as a way Of kind of just making the decisions that we want for ourselves, okay. And when you grow up feeling like you had to be saved by someone else, there is this underlying reality of this need to be grateful all the time. And what happens is then you suppress these feelings of wishing you knew your birth parents your first parents, wishing you had a relationship, wondering about who you might have been or who they are if you don't know who they are like, like I did not growing up. And so it, it becomes very difficult because anytime you then talk about that or express that, people often get very flustered. They don't like to hear that they're like oh but but you're, you know you're, you're so lucky you know you've had a good experience." And they say yes, of course. I, I, have, I feel very blessed and I, I love my family. That doesn't mean that they're without fault and that doesn't change the fact that there is a lot of grief still attached to my journey. And the grief
0: and the gratitude can coexist. But that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. It is. That's why we're doing this interview is so people become aware of the mental health issues associated with the adoption process. Do you feel like there's been a turning point for you that you feel you're kind of on your way to healing? Or is this something that you just you never heal from completely and you carry with you for the rest of your life?
1: You know, I think that that just like anything in our lives, trauma is trauma, right? Trauma is something we do carry with us forever. And the trauma of being separated from a biological family, from a biological mother in particular, is intense. You know, you you can look up the statistics. There are plenty of them out there that talk about what happens to a child when they are taken away from their biological parent at a young age and and there are actual physiological things that happen right to the brain and and those are embedded in who you are so that trauma is there that fear of rejection is there that fear of not belonging is there that being said there are certainly ways to deal with that therapy education learning to talk about my story, learning to advocate for myself so that I can advocate for others. I think the healing process is ongoing. And no one likes to think of their kid as having trauma. But if you adopt a child, your child has experienced trauma. And there's nothing wrong with that. Trauma isn't a bad word. It's not something to be hidden. It's just something to be aware of So that you can deal with it and make great choices that will actually help your kids and your community instead of hurt your kids. I think of one small example of just how this pops up in regular life is my birthday. Some adoptees love their birthdays. Some adoptees hate their birthdays. They bring up a lot of feelings that are hard to even express. I, for years, hated my birthday. And and I always tell everyone my birthday is like a, a lose-lose situation for everyone that loves me. Because if they do something, they lose. And if they don't do something, they lose. Because it's just such a difficult time for me. It's a difficult time of year for me. It, there's all these memories of wondering, oh, you know, I wonder if my mom is thinking about me today. I wonder if she's still alive. I wonder if she remembers me. And then feeling like, oh, but I need to be appreciative of the, the mom I have and the dad I have. And I don't want to share that with them because I don't want them to think that I don't love them or I'm not grateful for them. So that what ends up happening is as a kid, you internalize that, you don't talk about that. And then as an
0: adult, that comes out in all different kinds of ways. I'm Billy Branham. Vanessa Joy Walker is my guest. She was adopted as a baby, and she's giving us a closer look at growing up without your birth parents from the inside. Vanessa, now I read on your Instagram page that you want to make it clear that you're not against adoption.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of people a lot of people when they talk with me they they assume I'm anti-adoption. And you know, in full transparency, you know, my husband and I can't have children. I've had cancer twice. We went through a lot of infertility, IVF, and then we ended up using a surrogate when I had cancer the second time and then we lost our babies. And so my journey to have a biological child has ended. As an adoptee, That is very, very painful. I mean, it's painful for anyone, but as an adoptee, to know that I will never share that kind of biological connection is still hard to talk about. People will say to me, Well, why don't you just adopt? You should adopt because, you know, you're adopted. And my answer is to them, you know, adoption is not the answer to infertility. Adoption is different than infertility, it is another path but it is not the answer. And when we use adoption as a band-aid to cover up infertility-induced grief, we do a disservice to the child. And in the adoption community, I don't know who coined this term, but we say, you know, adoption should be about families for children, not children for families. Giving the adoptees the right to share whatever information they want to share When they want to share it from a young age, saying to a kid, if someone asks you about your adoption experience, you have the right to say, you know what, I'm not comfortable talking about that with you. And that is not something that I was taught growing up. And so I'm not anti-adoption. And I say I'm not anti-adoption because to be anti-adoption would be to be (laughs) anti-me, And I am the product of adoption and I am who I am because of adoption. I truly believe I am a a strong woman of faith and I truly believe that God does work things all together for good. And I do believe that God chose the mom that raised me very specifically because she understands in a very intimate way my infertility issues. She understands the complexity of them because she went through them. And, you know, I I wrote a piece a couple of years ago for an online publication, Motherhood. And I talked in that piece about the grief and the glory of adoption. And I talked about how my mom, my second mom, really gave me the opportunity to experience both the grief and the glory And as I've gotten older, really allowed me to talk so transparently about all of my feelings surrounding adoption. And she didn't make it about her. And I'm sure that there are times that it's been hurtful. I'm sure that there are times that she has probably thought, oh, I hate that Vanessa just said that. But it wasn't about her. It was about me. And too often adoptive parents make it about them. It makes them feel bad if their child is interested in knowing more about their history. It makes them feel bad if their child is interested in finding a sibling. It makes them feel bad if they want to travel to their home country and learn more and and be more involved in, in the culture if it's a transracial adoption of their country of origin. And again, I want to say like, sorry, it's not about you. It's just not about you. The reason why I I speak so firmly about this is because we have not gotten to the place, I do not think, where people really understand what they are taking on when they decide to love a child that was birthed by someone else. It is an incredible responsibility. It's a beautiful responsibility. Beautiful. It's an incredible responsibility. And if you have decided to do that, and moreover, if you feel called to that, then I, as an adoptee, assume that you also feel called to advocate for adoptee voices. If you've adopted a child of color, I assume. that you feel called to work for social justice. I assume that you feel called to these things if you feel called to adopt a child. And I don't know that we talk enough about this stuff before people actually go down the path.
0: Vanessa, that's exactly why I'm so grateful that you shared your story today. Thank you so much for that. I'm Billy Branham. You're listening to Closer Look. My next guest also educates on the real ins and outs of adoption. Jen Hook co-founded Replanted Ministry at replantedministry.org. She's a mental health professional specializing in kids from foster care. And Jen, as I understand it, regardless of what the situation was, being adopted is traumatic. Yeah. I think that's the thing we have to
2: think about, right? Like, I think a lot of times we think like adoption, like this is a great, beautiful thing and it's a a gift. And But we're not always looking at it from the adoptee side, right? And so when we're saying that, like it's a gift, like does the adoptee feel that way that they lost their first family, that their first family chose not to parent them? Like that might not feel like a gift. That might feel hurtful. I remember working with a little girl in foster care whose mom was uh, addicted to substances and wasn't able to get sober. And so she was adopted she would talk a lot about like did my mom not love me enough to get sober like did she love alcohol more than me like why didn't she do what she needed to do to get me back like there was a lot of loss around that for her and a lot of grief and feelings that she needed to work through in that process I worked with a little boy as well who same sort of scenario he really wanted to go home he was in foster care And ultimately that was not able to happen. And so he was adopted and his parents were so excited. They threw an adoption party, like this child that they love dearly is going to be part of their family forever. Like this was a very exciting time for them. And I remember this little boy coming into the counseling session uh, with me uh, before his adoption party. And he was struggling because he said, they're throwing this party and they're excited. But for me, this is the saddest day of my life because I'll never be able to go home with my mom. There's just a lot of complexity and a lot of feelings that we need to be really mindful of. But yes, you know, adoption is beautiful and it's such an honor to be able to love and care for a child and have them be part of your family. But we need to honor the feelings that they have and the experiences that they've had. And a lot of times it's both, you know, some kids are very excited. They fall in love with their families. It's this deep, awesome connection, but they also feel really sad and grief and loss. And there's a lot of questions
0: like, how come? What if? Yeah. So with Vanessa's side, she was saying there wasn't a whole lot of support on her end as an adoptee. So with that knowledge, it's good to kind of address the child first. A lot of people don't think to put them forefront. They've been through this massive trauma Yeah, so I uh,
2: was a therapist in the foster care system for a number of years in the state of Illinois, and it was during that time that my eyes were just really open to the realities of the foster care and adoption world and what kiddos impacted by adoption and foster care have been through, and then really seeing a lot of families that were saying yes to adoption and foster care step into the journey and not really feel fully prepared for the trauma and just the grief and loss that the kids have experienced. Families need support, so I started a ministry called Replanted Ministry that provides post-placement support to foster and adoptive families. Uh, we do that primarily through building groups for families to connect with one another so they know they're not alone and they can share the unique realities of their experiences. And then we also offer a conference for foster and adoptive parents and professionals as well, uh, where we do some really fun stuff around refreshing them, but also equipping around trauma, attachment, sensory issues, things like that, so they can really meet the needs of their kids as well.
0: well other than, say, infertility issues or wanting a new child in your life for whatever the reason, how do you know that adoption is for you? Um You know, we talk
2: a lot about that uh, discerning, like wisdom and discernment and stepping forward uh, into adoption and foster care. There's this quote by Jason Johnson that I really like. You're offering your family to a child. You're not uh, bringing a child into your family. A lot of us step into adoption and foster care because we want kids to come into our family. But really what we need to be doing with adoption and foster care is offering our family to a child. When you're trying to decide if adoption is right for you, I think first we have to recognize What's our motivation for adopting? Are we trying to build our family? And that's okay. But is it out of a place of and loss? Maybe you couldn't have biological children. Maybe, yeah, you've had a period of infertility. And it's really important that we've resolved some of those feelings um, and motivations for why we're wanting to step into it. Some, you know, Christians especially adopt at a higher rate. And there can be a biblical calling there. People feel uh, very called to step in. You know, we see all throughout scripture, the cause of the fatherless, right, as a motivation for people to step into saying yes to adoption. But again, when it's really important, we need to understand that when we're saying yes to adoption, we, an- we have to understand that a child coming into our family that way has lost their first family. Uh, and that first family is still o- always going to be part of their life, whether that uh, is through open adoption or just through their own experience of who who was I, who where did I come from, who are these people in my life. So it's important when we're saying yes to adoption that we can step into those really hard parts of our child's story, into the questions and the searching and the answers that they might be looking for, and that we can do that with openness and eagerness as well. The other thing is, you know, with the grief and loss, and we're saying yes to kids coming into our families through adoption or foster care, we have to understand that That's trauma. When we lose our first family, when we're separated from birth parents and there's an attachment that we even form in utero. So when that baby is even separated from birth mom and placed with a family through adoption, there's some trauma that's experienced there. The body keeps the score with that. And so uh, when we're also saying yes to adoption, we need to understand like, hey, there's going to be some extra information we need to gather and education that we're going to need to know Um, when it comes to supporting our kids through their loss, through their grief, through the trauma they've experienced as well.
0: And with every situation being unique, what sorts of challenges then can families prepare for before that adoption is finalized? So learning from voices of adoptees and foster alum, which you know, with social media now is
2: really accessible and easy to do, but it's also really important that we become trauma-informed. So taking classes around the impact of trauma on kids, because trauma impacts our kids in a way that typical parenting strategies will not be effective. And I've worked with so many parents as a therapist that were just baffled by their children's behavior. You know, I think sometimes we have this idea that when we adopt, that that's going to create the healing. We're bringing a child into our family and that's going to help the relational wounds they experienced heal. And that's just not true. And so we need to understand that we're stepping into some messy parts of what our kids have been through. And we need to really show a lot of love and grace and be able to look at their behavior through a trauma lens as we're helping them in their healing. Also, getting support around you is really important. We talk about this in our book, Replanted Faith-Based Support for Foster and Adopted Families. But support is really, really important. Uh, Right off the bat, kind of going in eyes wide open is really helpful for you and your kiddos. And here's the thing, when you're getting support for you as parents, it's important that you're getting support for your kids because there's a uniqueness to the journey uh, that our kids have been through. And it's important that they can be with others who understand that. You know, I remember working with this little kiddo in foster care and have you as a seven year old tell your friends. You're in foster care that you can't live with your mom right now because she's addicted to drugs and you don't know if she's going to get sober and you're not sure if you're going to get to go home or not. And you have a lot of feelings about that. And it's really hard, you know. And the thing is, our our kids have been through a lot. They're wrestling with a lot of questions. They're wrestling with a lot of big feelings. And so it's important that they can be with other kids who have been impacted by foster care and adoption and they can share in those experiences.
0: So there may be moments of doubt a family has after the adoption that they made the right decision. Oh, I think
2: all our parents struggle with at some point, uh, especially when it gets hard, especially maybe as Christians, when we feel called that we interpret that as, okay, we're we're supposed to do this. And that equates it being the journey being easier somehow. And that's just not reality. And I think that's really where community needs to step in and having support around you right at the beginning. So when it is hard or does get really hard that you've got people you can lean on when Moses and the Israelites are fighting the Amalekites, as long as his arms were raised, they were winning, right? But his arms grew weary and that's, that's normal. And that's likely, especially in the adoption and foster care journey, who are your Aaron and Ur? who is going to hold up your arms when you feel really weary and and you can do the same for others when you're in a good spot uh, with your family. And so that's the richness of the kingdom of God as well. And we can come alongside each other and say, hey, I've got you, but I'm going to love you. I'm going to show up with a meal. I'm going to cut your grass, fold your laundry. You know, I'm going to do what it takes to help get you through the season.
0: And Jen, let's talk about how faith can help in the process of adoption.
2: For sure. You know, I've seen it for parents and for kids. God's grace and I think that's a beautiful reflection of you know we don't have to earn it we don't have to do anything to deserve it and our full brokenness we are just completely loved just as we are and I think as parents and we can give that grace to our kids and just love them no matter what mess they're in the feelings they're trying to work out and their story and their process that we can just keep showing up with love and perseverance because Jesus modeled to us how to do that. I think it's so great and such a beautiful reflection
0: of just the Christian narrative. Thank you so much, Jen, for bringing your heart and your professional expertise to our closer look at adoption. Vanessa, thank you for sharing your personal story and for giving us this unique perspective. You're
1: so welcome. And, and, you know, I really just appreciate you opening up this conversation. And, you know, I'll end by saying, you know, life is complicated and adoption is complicated but complicated things are really, really beautiful. I would not trade my complicated life. And I am very grateful for the life that I do have, even though there are strains of grief that run through it. So I really appreciate you being willing to have this really frank
0: conversation and amplify the adoptee's voice as well. You can hear more from Vanessa at vanessajoywalker dot com and connect with resources for adoptive families at replantedministry.org. dot org.